Enoch has been shown in the previous few chapters to have been zipped around both the physical world and the spirit world, where he has come to witness some rather worrying and drastic things. If you thought our hero would be getting a break at some point soon, well you'd be wrong. For having travelled thus far with the Archangel Uriel, he is then pawned off onto the Archangel Raphael and shown yet another impressive monument. He tells us, And thence I went to another place, and he showed me in the west another great and high mountain of hard rock. And there was on it four hollow places, deep and wide and very smooth. Three of them were dark and one bright, and there was a fountain of water in its midst. And I said, How smooth are these hollow places, and deep and dark to view. Mountains have most certainly been a reoccurring element within the story of Enoch, and though they differ from example to example, mountains continue to be revered, much as you might say they are in the Bible. Many significant events take place upon the mountains in the Bible, and it was once believed that it was at the peaks of mountains that one would be able to commune with God, perhaps on the account that mountains were and still are the highest places on the earth, and perhaps the closest physical places to the heavens. The mountain in this example has four hollow places, three of these places being dark and one of them being bright. To Enoch, the place does not make immediate sense, though he is able to spot the key distinction that these are both smooth and hollow places, yet dark to view. It is the Archangel Raphael who explains to him that these hollow places have been created for this very purpose, that the spirit of the souls of the dead should assemble therein, ye that all the souls of the children of men should assemble here, and these places have been made to receive them till the day of their judgment, until their appointed period, till the great judgment comes upon them. By this explanation, we get yet another insight as to what happens when one dies. Raphael appears to explain that it is upon this mountain that the souls of the dead will gather, and that it is here that they will wait until the day of judgment, where they will either be brought up into the heavens, or vanquished into the depths of hell. When you consider the amount of souls throughout time that would have gathered here, according to this narrative, it really puts into perspective the sheer size of this mountain that Enoch is beholding. Yet it is unclear at this stage whether the souls have the freedom to move about the mountain or whether they are literally trapped inside of this mountain in these hollow and dark places. But in the subsequent passage, there does appear to be at least one character who maintains some form of consciousness and he appears to be not only active in his attempts to get God's attention, but also frustrated and bitter, suggesting that despite being dead or being reduced to a soul, one would still feel emotion and maintain the memories of their physical life. Enoch tells us, I saw the spirits of the children of men who were dead, and their voices went forth to heaven and made suit. And I asked Raphael, the angel who was with me, and I said unto him, This spirit, whose is it? 
whose voice goeth forth and maketh suit to heaven. So indeed, Enoch does appear to hear several of these voices making a petition to God, perhaps trying to bargain their way into heaven or trying to justify why they belong there instead of upon this mountain, or worse yet, in hell. There is one man though who catches Enoch's attention, perhaps on the account of how passionately and vividly he petitions to God. Raphael tells him, This is the spirit which went forth from Abel, whom his brother Cain slew, and he makes his suit against him, till his seed is destroyed from the face of the earth, and his seed is annihilated from amongst the seed of men. It seems like quite a fortuitous encounter for Enoch to have, especially considering that Abel, outside of his death, is largely overlooked as a biblical character. His brother Cain, being the first murderer, and perhaps being one of the originators of sin upon earth, usually takes much of the spotlight. But it's also quite intriguing to find Abel here in this place of dead souls, for we are also privy to his perspective. As you might imagine, Abel appears to be outraged that he has been killed, and is not subtle in vocalising this at all. He makes suit against Cain, or in this instance, condemns his brother, and seems so adamant in avenging his own demise that he will not stop until all of Cain has been erased, not just Cain himself, but also his offspring. Such is the level of Abel's anger and hatred towards his brother, that he won't rest until those even remotely associated with Cain, by being his offspring, are destroyed too. It's unfortunate then, that Enoch spends so little time gaining further understanding of Abel, but instead turns his attention back to the hollow places of the mountain, asking Raphael as to why the places were separated from each other. And Raphael explains that these have been made that the spirits of the dead might be separated, and such a division has been made for the spirits of the righteous, in which there is the bright spring of water, and this has been made for sinners when they die, and are buried in the earth, and judgment has not been executed upon them in their lifetime. So by this, we can gather that these separations in the mountain also come with an interior that corresponds with how one had lived their lives upon earth. From Raphael's explanation, we can see that if one was righteous, then they could find themselves in the separation that contains a bright spring of water, and that this would be an indication that one was going to heaven upon the day of great judgement. Yet he then speaks of the other separation being merely a barren place for those who have sinned upon the earth and it is unclear if they will even have consciousness, given that all he says is that they will be buried in the earth. He does continue however that, Here their spirits shall be set apart in this great pain, till the great day of judgement, scourgings and torments of the accursed forever, so that there may be retribution for their spirits. There he shall bind them forever. Going by this additional detail, Raphael seems to imply that the spirit, or the soul, will be the essence that suffers here, but due to our physical form, 
it is impossible to explain the intensity of this spiritual pain, but that it will indeed last forever upon those who are deemed unrighteous upon their deaths. Interestingly, there is a small implication here by Raphael that there is some possibility of retribution that can be achieved, though he does not elaborate on this further. Upon the third separation of these hollow places, Raphael tells us, and this division has been made for the spirits of those who make their suit, who make disclosures concerning their destruction when they were slain in the days of the sinners. This is likely the place where Abel finds himself, a place comparable to a court, if you will, where one is given the chance to voice their disconcertment as to how they died. Abel, of all people, is one of the characters from the Bible who would have perhaps the most reason to be here, and thus, it becomes much less an arbitrary encounter by Enoch, and instead, a relevant observation. Abel was of course blindsided by his brother when he was killed, and it's debatable as to whether Cain would have successfully killed Abel had he not let him out into the field in the first place. Of course, we cannot be sure of the specifics of that encounter, given the Bible is quite brief as to the conditions of the murder, but it makes sense as to why Abel is here and why he is so tenacious with his condemnation of Cain. This separation that Abel finds himself in is the third of four divisions upon the mountain, and you might say that this is a place that one can attempt to reason with God and or make requests of him. The fourth and final separation upon this mountain is reserved for the spirits of men who are godless. This division is quite a controversial one, in that it seems to imply that if one is not God-fearing, but additionally not a bad person, they do sacrifice their chances of getting into heaven, but that does not reserve them a place in hell. Instead, they will simply die, their spirit will be void, and they will not be brought back to consciousness on the day of judgment. Raphael states, and this has been made for the spirits of men who shall not be righteous but sinners, who are godless, and of the lawless they shall be companions. But their spirits shall not be punished in the day of judgment, nor shall they be raised from thence. What might be gathered from Raphael's declaration is that those men who are godless are still essentially sinners, and because they then might keep the company of other sinners and the lawless, they are complicit. But because they do not actively participate in such immoralities, nor cause harm in their existence, they will not be punished. Whilst this does promote the mercifulness of God, and paints this supreme being as both benign and fair, it does contradict a lot of core biblical ideas that the denial or ignorance of God warrants damnation. Yet it does promote a more liberal idea, in that one is free to believe as they wish, so long as they are not causing harm and not infringing on core biblical rules, with the only caveat being that resurrection will not be offered. In any case, Enoch ends this chapter by blessing his Lord and praising him for his supremacy over the world.